Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that always succumbs to the sweet, sweet madness. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're delving into 40 years of horror Mm -hmm. as we begin our descent into the mouth of March Madness. But before we go any further, let me remind you we are part of the ever-expanding Phantom Podcast Network. Phantom. And you can find all of our previous episodes, along with a host of other horrific horror podcasts, over at downrightcreepy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your bracket hole. That's what I was waiting for it, waiting for it. <laughs> Boom, drop it. So uh, before we go into the into the mouth of March Madness, uh, mm-hmm. if you are in the Kansas City area, kind of want to promote a couple of things that are going on in the month of March. Yes. And the first of that is on March 20th, uh-huh. we're doing our monthly, monthly Monday uh, Mystery Movie Night. Over at the Screenland Tapcade in Kansas City, 17th and McGee. Mm-hmm. And the way it works is we don't tell you the movie, but we always have kind of a theme. Yeah, we have a theme and we give you hints and clues, and especially in the trailers. that The we trailers show. we always show beforehand. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, we actually, let's see here. It's like so you can play along at the home game. It is basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like I said, sometimes we do some major, like the, the, the trailers we screened for the burbs that threw everybody out it was it was because it was listen because it was a joke it was I, it, really, it, it, it was it was a joke i had I, I said i had to set up the and then the punchline okay and okay it was the i'm trying to remember now the mm-hmm. exact order of it it was um the lost boys mm-hmm. um oh goodness because there, there was a mis- oh no it was the lost boys house, house. Uh huh, and then Hans Christian Andersen with Danny fucking K, and so <laughs> and so those are the three to give you an idea. Of we were screening the Burbs, right? Right. So that's some differential equation shit right there. Like I said, that's a complex joke. That's some Mitch Hedberg stuff going on right there. So the one we just screened before, just one of the guys. The trailers we screened were uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, mm-hmm. the Gumball Rally. Mm-hmm. And white lightning, which to <laughs> me is some. That's some very. That is that's some PEMDAS. That's please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. <laughs> that's some very low level math equation right there in terms of what we're screening. But the uh, the theme is chaos with cars. Mm-hmm. So you got to show up on the twentieth. Uh, I show up about six thirty because we do run. Vintage trailers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a little pre-show. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we start all the shenanigans at seven. We screen the film, and then we record a live episode of the Nerds of Nostalgia mm-hmm. right in front of you guys. Yep. And you can be a part of the show too if you want. You can come on down, talk. We usually have like we always have giveaways. And, yeah. uh, if you listen to just one of the guys, we encouraged everyone to eat sardines, or not just <laughs> one of the guys on <laughs> no, the burbs. Wrong one, the burbs. <laughs> different, different fish, different fish. Uh, but no, it's a lot of fun. And this is a film that I guarantee. It's one that is near and dear for both of us. Yes, most definitely. And I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I'm interested to see how it screens with an audience. Yes. It's... But uh, this this one, not, not not so necessarily it's an acquired taste, but if you, <laughs> well, g- if you get it, you're going to love it. You know? Yeah, because there, I mean, and we'll talk about it on the podcast, because yeah. there's a definitely one I could have chosen, we could have chosen mm-hmm. that's more of an audience favorite, but... 
we got to stay true to ourselves right. in the films that we enjoy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, then, if you didn't have too much fun on March 20th, on March 21st, gang, at the mm-hmm. Alamo Draft House, in lieu with the horror show, yes. Genius, what's going to happen? We are showing the deadly spawn. <laughs> Just ooey-gooey monster movies. So... Good old fashioned fun. It's gonna be really cool, and it's only five dollars. Five bucks. Five bucks gets you in. You get a ticket. It's always a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, we usually try to have giveaways there too, and just fun stuff. Sit down and watch the movie at the Alamo. And if you've never been to Tapcade or the Alamo, you're doing yourself seriously an injustice. So if you are in the Kansas City yeah. area, you're fans of horror, good yes, old fashioned fun. Definitely check that. And out. obviously, also make sure you are supporting local if you can. Screenland mm-hmm. Armor, Screenland Tapcade. And obviously our wing of the Alamo as well. Right. So uh, now make sure you're checking that out. So, but it is the month of March. Yes, the Ides of March, if you will. <laughs> Beware the thirteenth. That's exactly it. And so, if any of you out in the sports world know, month of March means March Madness, the NCAA basketball tournament, <laughs> when they put together the big old the bracket. Big bracket, like me. If you know the sports ball with the bouncy bounce, where there are winners and losers. Right. Like, oh, what is that? Cool. Well, this is this is the stuff that people at the water cooler talk about. Right. You know, this is where people that people that don't know sports participate in. It. Yeah. This is this is where the people instead of the water cooler, they're at the popcorn stand. Exactly. <laughs> and so we thought we'd get into it, and we were, you know, the uh, the entire year that we uh, for uh, for 2017, we're doing commentary tracks from films from 1987, celebrating mm-hmm. 30 years of horror. Mm-hmm. So we thought, uh, in the spirit of March Madness, that we would take a look at films from uh, 1977. 1987, 1997, and 2007. And we would kind of compare and contrast and put them in a March Madness bracket. Mm -hmm. And here's the biggest challenge with something like this, because... Even you mentioned it initially. Yeah. It, it's there's so much good stuff. It, it's hard to put what, where, and and what because especially 1987. I mean 1977. It was difficult. Uh, but well, ultimately, like if you look at the NCAA tournament, they choose something like 64 teams. Yeah, there was no way no, we were going to no, look at no, like no, no, 64 no. films. No, no, no. So no, no, we no. did limit our choices to eight per year mm-hmm. in terms of to make it so it's feasible. And also to make sure it fits on one page, you know, so it is readable. (laughs) You don't want brackets upon brackets. It's like, who is Pepe Silva's bracket? You know, you don't want any of that. You don't want yarn connecting everything. (laughs) So obviously this was a challenge, though. Yes. Because there was some good shit. There was some really good shit. And finding who versus who was a difficult challenge in itself. And so we initially, like, we kind of put together our own list in Mm -hmm. terms of films that we wanted to make sure that we were able to talk about because we're also still discussing kind of how we want uh, our listeners to participate because that's the other thing, too. Ultimately, I would love for this just to become a totally listener-based... Audience participation Yes, in terms of voting. Most definitely. uh, To get that conversation started. So again, Mm -hmm. follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, Facebook Nightmare Junkhead, and over at DownrightCreepy.com. Because this is where I think that's where, because this is where the, yeah, (laughs) we're going to get yelled at regardless Uh in terms of why didn't you include this film? Yep. That's my, that's, that's the no brainer. You guys like what's wrong with you? Right. We understand that. Mm hmm. And we're going to go all the way down to as far as we can go. But you got to understand, this is all our opinions. Yes. And so if we're really, really wrong, let us know. And but allow us to explain why we chose what. And so what we're going to do is we're going to basically we're not going to go into detail in any of the films, but we're going to give you kind of a little two, three minute, you know, spiel on Every film that we're including kind of make maybe our justification right. of why, why it's included. We put this on. Why did it make the cut over something else, perhaps? Mm-hmm. 
and then we'll have some honorable mentions yes. as well. So those are the ones that lost on the last minute shot at the right. uh, at the buzzer. Like, oh, this has got to go. Oh no, this has got to go. So we've been working on this for a while. So. We have, and I'm I, we've done st- uh, some similar stuff like this over at Nerds of Nostalgia. We mm-hmm. did our Canon Madness. Yep. We <laughs> we started <laughs> our vest. We started our Vestron. Um, no New World. Yeah, New, New World, World. New World. New World. Yeah. Which we uh, ultimately we will finish. But this is <laughs> this is always a lot of fun because ultimately number one you have to brainstorm yes. on all of these films from the years mm-hmm. and like I said ultimately that's what makes the challenge because when you do limit yourself to eight films yeah you're dis- you're you're discounting a lot of stuff well also like when people are picking sports teams is like okay well this defense is really good and on this team and the offense on this guy and this guy has potential same thing here it's like the direction on this movie was oh, yeah. really good better than that one and i like the story of this one it's or unfortunately original. you know what they the, the execution wasn't as good as you know right the, the right, ambition. right yeah so once again, grain of salt, all opinion, but at the same time, I, we, I think we, I think we compiled some good stuff. And so we also, in the spirit of the NCAA tournament, we did pair films against each other. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, it will come down to a thing where we're kind of debating our favorites, our the merits, and so forth. But again, mm-hmm. also in terms of what you guys think on this, so the the whole first round of the films, again, it's going to be in ter- it's basically it's thirty two films, right, that we're talking about here. So let's just start off the very top here, and we are going to put out. A a bracket mm-hmm. online as well for you to play, play along, along with at home. Yeah. The Nightmare Junkhead <laughs> home game. Uh-huh. Not as good as the Running Man home game, but we're working on it. Uh, so to start off, uh, man, 77. Uh-huh. Okay, so I was born in 76, so I was a year old. So I obviously never saw any of these during their first run. Same here. A lot of these I have seen in the theater since then, but obviously I was just, you know. Right. Thankfully, I wasn't at any of these. That would have been weird. Uh, but man, 77 brought us some. Very weird, different genre weird uh, weird just oddities i don't know what it was in 77 but oh my goodness so yeah. i think not necessarily the weirdest but starting us off mm-hmm. uh one that we that's kicked off actually our horror show horror show yeah uh last year if you were there uh dario argento's suspiria which so good mm-hmm. a classic stone cold classic mm-hmm. a very divisive film so it's that in itself is always a fun one to talk about, uh-huh. regardless. Anytime you can bring up Suspiria and Polite Company is a good time. Oh, it is, because <laughs> I've seen hardcore horror. I know hardcore horror fans that do not like Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Which, no. no, and again, to <laughs> each their own. <laughs> to each their own, to each their own. But, but when we saw it, man, we saw This is gorgeous. This was a work of art on the big screen. It was a 35 millimeter print. The mm-hmm. sound was punishing. So yeah. to me, this is one of those that if you, we left it off. We would get yelled at. We, oh yeah! We, now this is a this is a no brainer for both of us. So yeah, it had to go on there. And so we then you then actually this this next one was one that you included. Mm-hmm. I wanted to put it something against Suspiria versus its total polar opposite and still fun and because sometimes movie. those are the best matches. Exactly. So this one is Shockwaves, the underwater Nazi zombie movie, the trashy Nazi zombie movie. I always remember seeing the VHS cover this is, constantly mm-hmm. because it had all the Nazi zombies on the front of it. They're all kind of just like yeah, just like blah, 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 blah. Yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those that was always kind of taunting me. <laughs> I don't think I eventually saw it until I was in my twenties. Uh, I've seen it a few times. Have you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So th- and this is one that ultimately, what uh, the other good thing when we do things like this is, it's a good reason to revisit some films. Yeah. Because this is one of those films that I haven't seen. 
it's easily since I was probably in my 20s. So it's been one 15 years plus I haven't seen. So I'm anxious to revisit that. Mm-hmm. Now, now I will say this. If Shockwaves upsets Suspiria, it would be the <laughs> biggest upset in like, the, well, the, since it's the first year we did it right. ever. But, you know, that that's Never the know. beauty of this. Never because know. I guarantee you there's a listener out there that's like, fuck yeah, Shockwaves is better than Suspiria. Mm-hmm. And I love that listener for it. Yeah. So it's so good. So our next little bracket here, we kind of went a little bit on the cannibal side. Uh-huh. Because 77 brought us some fantastic films uh, with cannibals and one from uh, one of our favorites. Or our tour. He is an auteur, man, because mm-hmm. when you say Wes Craven, you're talking about a man that defined films in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Brutal ones. And some of his... his some, oh, God. And so the, his his offering from 77 is the one of the all-time classics. It was a dare film for me. was a video nasty. Yep. The Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. Which... <laughs> Cannibal hillbillies. <laughs> and also was probably... It wasn't my first introduction to Michael Berryman. <laughs> that was weird science. <laughs> Mine was the cover of part two. Oh, God. Yeah. My, oh, and I tell you, the opposite, the, the, the back of the cover of part two with the showed the decapitation going on with the guy on the motorcycle <laughs> that always freaked me out no i think my first introduction to michael berryman was actually weird science riffing on his character from the hills have eyes so i didn't it, it i had to reverse engineer to get back to michael berryman nice but there's something about 70s uh craven that is just so real mean yes it's a mean it's i mean Craven's always had this mean streak, but he's definitely mellowed out. But this, the movie we're going to talk about, The Hills Have Eyes, when we, it's 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 not a happy movie. No, it's not. It's mm-hmm. one of those that I don't revisit often with his work. Like mm-hmm. I'll I'll see Shocker right more than I will The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Shocker's more fun. This is one of those you have to be in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. You know, Shocker, I can be in the mood for any time. <laughs> right. So we went ahead and paired this up with another one that. I haven't seen in a while, and I, you know, it's one of those that I think has its merits, and it's also another kind of auteur, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Toby Hooper's kind of lesser seen, lesser known films, Eaten Alive. Mm-hmm. That's that Gator movie. It is, and also another VHS cover I remember fondly because it had that huge scythe on it. Yeah. And let's face it, you don't get to see scythes a lot in horror <laughs> films. You know, you think that's a no-brainer. You know, it exists in a lot of films, but you know, that's just a great weapon. And yes, it does now, it's it's basically built as kind of a killer alligator film, but uh-huh. spoilers, the alligator's not in there that often. Oh. Uh, but it also it's a very dirty film. It's a very southern film, obviously. It's a, it's a Toby Hooper <laughs> film, right. big surprise. Uh, but it also has, much like The Hills Have Eyes, it just feels it's dirty. It's a dirty movie. <laughs> dirty gator movie. Yeah, which, let's, let's face it, in 77, those are going to be kind of the best films you can see. So yeah, The Hills Have Eyes versus Eaten Alive. Mm-hmm. So I really think that one will engage a lot of... Uh, um, and, you know, in terms of hopefully listenership and also in terms of what you yeah. think on that. Now, the next round is also similar into the kind of the flesh eating. Uh-huh. Uh, we have uh, the master of weirdness, Cronenberg with Rabbit, and uh, versus Romero and Martin. So two auteurs. Yeah. Go, again, man, this 77 mm, is giving weird, us... Weird, um eaty movies. I mean, from Suspiria, Shockwaves, Hills Have... These are all different 
just so bizarre. And, and let's think about really quickly here, um, just in terms of the last couple episodes that we've had, we've talked about urban horror and Get Out mm-hmm. in terms of how um, horror can reflect the you know the ills of society. Yeah. Think about the fallout of the Vietnam War going on at the time and how everything basically was eating itself. Society was eating itself. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a lot of doom cults at this time. You had the the turnover of the hippie generation. So to me, it makes sense yeah. that you see a lot of films like this. Oh, yeah. It, it just it works really well. Horror tells the horrors of society and in this case here we've got two tonally different <laughs> but yet films <laughs> because to me rabid is a little bit more in your face mm-hmm. this is good early cronenberg and early cronenberg kind of falls into the creepy cronenberg a little <laughs> yeah. um, well because oh, i just got the shivers i always <laughs> Just, just lay it out there. Yeah, don't dream it. Oh, yes. And <laughs> Rabbit also features um, behind the green door, Marilyn Chambers. Yep. Which was very controversial. It wasn't even controversial at the time. But, you know, anytime you put a porn star in your movie, it's going to spark a little bit of controversy. It will indeed. Yeah. And so it's an interesting pairing, though, in terms of Romero's Martin. Mm-hmm. Because you want to talk about a film that no one really talks about in his whole body of work. Right. He's known as the king of the zombies. Zombies, but he's ventured off into other unknown territories. He's a cool genre filmmaker. Uh-huh. Uh, but let's sh- creep show. Mm-hmm. Night Riders, which is that's another one I think that is better in uh, concept than in execution. <laughs> a really weird film, but yeah, no, the vampire realm with Martin, mm-hmm. and this is also a very just more of a character piece, mm-hmm. more than so than a horror film. But this is also one I haven't seen in ages. It's a dark drama. Yeah, it is. Um, and on the opposite end of that, the next one, this is just, I think this one's the bug fuckery category. The, oh, and this, yeah. This one, we have uh, Hasu versus The Sentinel. We have Nihilistic uh, <laughs> Monolith with The Sentinel. And we have just Crazy Cat Blood Chaos with Hasu. I when I hosted it, when we hosted it, we took account of. So I said, okay, so count how many what the fuck moments you get. I think the final count after he passed it to me was like 57. I remember that was fantastic. And yeah. it was, the beauty of it was just, I love the fact that we had like an entire audience like going, yep, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. messed up. Oh, that's horrible. Like, What's going so on? Huh? Wait, what? Duh. It was just talk about weird and the sentinel well is... and for me house also is one of those that is a lovely film you need to see with a crowd <laughs> yeah. because so you can help see, make sense yes, of what's going on because the audience reaction man that was half the fun what these are two excellent examples though just in terms of um, kind of if you will more international horror. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not necessarily international because Michael Winter did The Sentinel, um, but especially but, with How Sue, though, yeah. in terms of filtering the paranoia and everything that's going on through their culture into this really. Uh, and let's face it, you know, How Sue has a criterion. Mm-hmm. DVD, so it's important enough yeah. that Criterion. <laughs> exactly. Now, granted, The Rock also has a Criterion edition. I will buy. I will. I don't go bad for The Rock though. So. <laughs> yes, so will I. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. But The Sentinel. Now, The Sentinel is one. I'll be honest. I have only seen bits and pieces of. And that one was me too. Okay, so. excellent. No, this is Michael Winner, the guy that did um, Death Wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, hey, who Death Wish Two, I should say. So, and he's notorious for just being a kind of a bastard. Uh-huh. Listen, listen to the the cast and crew and just in terms of the cast of the sentinel chris sarandon 
Huh. Mm, I think this is 77 Chris Sarandon, y'all. Uh, Martin Balsam, who was in a, he was just that older guy in a lot of um, genre films. John Carradine, John Carradine, Ava Gardner. Uh, let's see here. Burgess Meredith. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Christopher Walken, Jerry Orbach. <laughs> really? Beverly D'Angelo. <coughs> oh, yeah? Tom Berenger. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's insane. This movie sounds rad. And Jeff Goldblum. Hmm. <laughs> and again, this is 77, and it's all built around the fact that they're basically there's this um, hotel, this little like condo that's the gate of hell. Yeah. And so this that one will be a very fun one to revisit because it is a very 70s film. Nice. And that's again a good character study, but crazy shit happening. There's a use of people with disabilities in the film that's also kind of controversial. So huh. yeah, there's a lot of stuff. So huh. yeah, 77 is that's the gift that keeps on giving just yeah. because it's a great representation of cool 70s horror. Mm-hmm. But as you said, it's also very there's there's some variance in it, but also some very cool like overlapping thematic yeah you know material that's going on. So 77 is great. Now. Uh, the honorable mentions of we 77. Had a few honorable, we because had a obviously few I know there's a people going, you miss blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, so we're just going to go over it really quick on these. Um, day of the animals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause I love me some like killer animal movies. Nature gone awry, awry man. Right. Um, the melting man, Rick Baker back in the day, crazy mm. effects, uh, exorcist Two. Which, which, just for the trailer, just the trailer for the trailer alone. alone, is a fantastic mini short. With the Any Morricone song going mm. over there. <laughs> Check it out if you yeah, haven't seen it in a while. It's, it's, you'll be like, yeah. you should have put that on the list. But no, <laughs> trailers don't count because we know part two. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Audrey Rose. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. So, so seventy-seven gave us some gems. Now this brings us ten years into the into the future, <sighs> to nineteen eighty-seven. I've said it before, and I'll say it again: the eighties were the pinnacle of horror. You could throw a stick and hit a hundred great horror movies that are still hold up to this day. It the was 80s. the rise of the horror icon, yeah. or the reemergence maybe yeah. of the horror icons, because mm-hmm. you had the original Universal Monsters, the rise of the slasher, yep. the rise of the horror comedy. And people taking risks and trying really new things mm-hmm. and succeeding. And so. probably the peak in the apex of practical effects mm-hmm. and the artistry that was involved, the in-camera techniques, and also let's face it, a lot of films we probably saw in the theater. Right. So exactly. the, <laughs> so let's, they let's, hold special places in our heart. Let's face so it. There's going to be some bias. I mean, so there's bias on this, this one. Was, this, no, this was the toughest year. Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Obviously, as you mentioned, the 80s were probably the greatest decade for right. horror, but 87 also brought us some amazing... Exactly. And so good that they're getting re-released well oh god yeah the the fact that one of these that we're going to talk about just got an amazing blu-ray release from arrow Mm -hmm. stuff to the gills is a testament to number one every film that we're going to talk about we're talking about because those in 77 are still relevant 40 years later yeah the ones in 87 are still relevant 30 years later right and these are also personal favorites of ours oh of course (laughs) of course and Uh, i think the first round we have this first little bracket this is i when i first saw what she when when he showed me what he thought i was like god damn it dude why'd you put these two versus each other so they are tough but um to me we just recently did a commentary track on it but um i went kind of the sequel route with this one Mm -hmm. uh but evil dead to Sam Raimi's just cult classic, horror classic. Epic masterpiece. 
you listen to us we gushed over it you right. know for an hour and a half the last episode mm-hmm. a few episodes back no but to me versus not fair but it's you this listen you know sometimes you gotta you gotta right. have the sophie's right. choice i know if anyone knows the podcast and genius mcgee he you know he loves creep show too mm. this ah. one i kind of made it thanks I, for the ride lady so. I did this one on purpose just because, to me, there's an obvious choice, but for you... I gotta defend. There's gonna be we, a genius I, choice. I, I know. This one's hard. This one's a rough one. Well, the, obviously, in the 80s, you had more sequels. You yeah. had the, the kind of the start of the franchises with yeah. the horror films, and Evil Dead definitely has a franchise. Creepshow technically has mm-hmm. a franchise, uh, and these Ugh. are the follow-ups. Now, that being said, in terms of what's a better sequel, there's a no-brainer, but... Right. But there's there's... There's and Creepshow Two has its fans, man. I'm telling you, and and again, it received a Blu-ray release from Arrow, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable. Yeah, and the fact that it has it so it just shows the strength of the film, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously a, a very good problematic first round. Exactly, matchup. this is going to be the rough one. This is the one, yeah, that you're going to be flipping a coin, what right. have you. I'm not sure. So, okay, now the next one is going to be tough too because I think we both have similar stories and we both have deep experiences with both the next bracket and that is the gate mm-hmm. versus hellraiser now That's, for here here's the thing for me i know what is objectively better mm-hmm. i know what is probably more important to the genre mm-hmm. but i also know which one i could sit down and watch it any day one that i have more of a personal tie to mm-hmm. and if you if you've listened to the podcast yeah. you know i am obviously talking about steel magnolias right. but in this case <laughs> between the gate and hellraiser yeah i mean i know where my vote lies but these two again let's face it hellraiser is the most imp- it is the more important of the film can we just right. say that right away yeah hell okay so this is this is basically what this came down to this is this is art versus no i got a better example fine dining Versus junk food, sir. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they, so that's it's. They're both have their merits. They're and both. to me also both highlight wonderful practical effects mm-hmm. from the eighties. Most definitely, Frank's return. Yeah. That whole oh. scene is unbelievable. Yeah, the uh, forced perspective stuff you get in the gate still holds up to this day. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. So basically, it's going to be Cenobites versus Little Demon Gary Busey. <laughs> that, that's right, guys. <laughs> hey, I'm from the gate. <laughs> and also two films that is all about summoning things. Yes. Uh-huh. So, uh, God, I can't believe '87 brought us both of those there. All right, next up, huh. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Immortal Tale of Vampires with the Lost Boys versus an Immortal Tale of Nightmares with <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Three: The Dream Warriors. This one, this is not. I think this is going to be a more interesting one to see what listeners think. Yeah. Because, let's face it, Dream Warriors, you know, for many people, that is the that's best. That's the movie. That's the, apex of, that's the apex of an entire franchise. And a franchise that is beloved. Right. So that movie itself carries weight. But also... The Lost Boys has a sentimental value to a lot of people. This is the... Like, there's some really good vampire films within 86, 87, but mm-hmm. this is the one that the populace loves. Mm-hmm. This is the one that, you know, my family, my grandmother would right. know Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's tough because... I love me so a lot. Like Richard Donner is, is all his excess in this one. Uh, a great cast, mm-hmm. uh, just a wonderfully '80s cast. Uh, even at, you know Alex Winter. Yeah. And I'm gonna pose this like right now. 
when you're rewatching the Lost Boys, the the brunette vampire, mm-hmm. that guy is so damn handsome. Like I get <laughs> lost on him. I'm like, you're a handsome vampire. Just what is what's wrong with me, man? He's he's, he's your Lestat. He oh no he he he's my Desad is what he is actually. Unfortunately. He actually, unfortunately, he just re- and he recently passed not too long ago, yeah, yeah, which was sad. Bummer. But l- that'll be an interesting one because, again, I think there is kind of the, what is the obvious winner between those two. But, man, I could hear arguments for both. Yep. And, obviously, Dream Warriors was part of the horror show series we did last year mm-hmm. as well. So they both have near – and I – all I got to say is Dream Warriors. I mean, you talk to a casual horror fan, Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the best of the franchise in many people's opinion, my, my included. So What well, was rad, too, was uh, seeing it on 35 millimeter, mm-hmm. uh, and it was the it was the the, uh, the X-rated print, mm-hmm. which is pretty rad. And then we had that entire... Yeah, no Freddy boobs, though. No Freddy. Yeah, thank well, that would have been... <laughs> We always get the awkward boners anyway. We don't need that. But then uh, seeing it again uh, in in succession with the Never Sleep Again marathon that mm-hmm. I was able to host, that in itself was great because that was cool to see kind of the rise and fall of a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great. But no, yeah, and that definitely um, I, I there was a definite bell curve. There, there truly was, man. It was rough. You threw in uh, I was going to say the quadratic equation. It's not the quadratic equation. I'm trying to think of the correct equation for research. It's not coming to me. The Pythagorean theorem. Not the Pythagorean. No, it was. It's, it won't it won't hit me. Um, but that being said, it had one of my favorite experiences in a theater, though, because there's a kid that was next to me. And when Kincaid was doing his little never gonna sleep, that his little rhyme, uh-huh. the, little, the guy next to me was kind of curled up and kind of doing the same thing Oof. really to himself, though. But it was like, again, that shared. It was cool. It yeah. was just kind of listening in on a little shared, you know, an intimate moment, if you will. Most definitely. But it was nice. So but then oh, our last matchup. Mm-hmm. This one is tough for me because I argued for one thing and you, yeah. you, you vetoed you and you're like, okay, it makes sense. Uh, but this is, um, again, what, what I love from uh, all of our picks is we are getting um, selections from some of the all-time greats. Exactly. Some of the masters. I mean, so far we have Craven, Cronenberg, Romero. Mm-hmm. Um, Hooper. Raimi. Argento. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, we've got Barker. Yeah. What are we missing? Who who's missing from the uh, list here, genius? Hey everybody, where am I in this bracket? I don't see myself anywhere. John Carpenter. Hey, hey Buck, what do you think? God damn it, I think they're trying to put the wool over your eyes, and that's bullshit if you ask me. And it's a shame though that unfortunately Buck Flower isn't going to be really represented in the <laughs> right. uh, the bracket. But no, old JC himself is because 1987 did bring us Prince, Prince of, of Darkness. We're <laughs> from the future, which is still one of my and I. I don't know if we'll end. This is a tough one in terms of I kind of wanted to do a commentary track for it, <laughs> but it's such a dour film <laughs> that it's the part of the apocalypse. True. It is. I mean, and because I've got a great story about how I never got invited back to someone's house because of this film. <laughs> um, but we're pairing it up with another film with darkness, uh-huh. <laughs> darkness, <laughs> one of Catherine Bigelow's greatest, a film that was a litmus test and still is for me mm-hmm. near dark. Yep. The non-sparkly vampire. Yes. Movie. Which, uh, obviously, um, if you listen to our Get Out episode recently, we talked about the passing of Bill Paxton, mm-hmm. one of his great roles. Yeah. But to me, this is this is like punk rock John Carpenter versus punk rock 
Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. <laughs> because these are two amazingly, like, Near Dark is one of, to me, Near Dark is the better vampire film from 87. Mm-hmm. But it's also the one that not necessarily everyone knows about. Right. Because we thought about putting the um, Lost, Lost Boys in Near for, Dark. Uh-huh. But then it was like, well... One's a better vampire movie. I mean, and you can make through my, well, one's more romance, but one's more ex, but you know. We kind of went with the darkness thing we with this one. We went with the darkness, darkness. So I, that's another one that I'm I'm really excited to see. Because also Prince of Darkness is a very polarizing Carpenter film as well. Mm-hmm. And Most also, definitely. but for me though, depending on my mood, man, that might be one of my favorite John Carpenter films. Yeah. Uh, it's one that's scary. The atmosphere is great. The score is wonderful. Alice Cooper is a hobo. <laughs> And it's a great mustache as well. Uh, uh, Peter, what was that guy's name? Peter Jason, I believe is no, no. Peter Jason is the uh, the older guy. But no, it's a fantastic one. But yeah, I, I mean, and that's just what we brought from '87. Yeah, we have some obviously. And again, all of you are going. You forgot such and such. Rah, 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 we have some honorable mentions. Exactly. We we have a lot of honorable mentions, yeah, but we had to knock it down even more. Um, can I give some dishonorable mentions? Oh, yes. Okay. Some dishonorable mentions is um, <laughs> Howling 3. Uh, now, is that the Howling 3? That's not with the marsupials, no, is it? Your sister's a vampire. No, no that's uh, Howling 2. Your no, sister's that. a vampire. Um, now, dishonorable in the way is because I haven't fucking seen it, and I really want to see it, and that's Blue Monkey. Okay, yes, which we recently saw on a trailer compilation, uh, the Trailer Trauma Volume 3. Uh-huh. It's this really weird horror sci-fi monster movie. With, with Steve Rails back. Yes, and I was yeah. like, how do we not know about right. this movie? This, this, it looks so fucking awesome, and they're like, have you seen this movie? No, have you? No, I haven't. And so, like, yeah, oh, no. And <laughs> Blue Monkey. So that's the dishonorable because I just haven't seen it, so... Um, but so one honorable mention, bad taste. Yes. Which still has a, I don't know what it is with Peter Jackson, but he never fails to make me gag mm-hmm. in his movies. That movie is gnarly. <laughs> Just passing the punch bowl. It's the Derek man. Um, <laughs> the other one. Now I'm, I'm fighting for this one. And although it's, it's, uh, you said it's more sci-fi predator. I will listen. It has its horror moments, uh-huh. but there's no way you're gonna find that in a horror section. That's in true. Because it's got Arnold. Yeah, it's so. it's a it's sci-fi action. <laughs> I, I fought tooth and nail, everybody. But I, I and listen. It, but you, I understand wait, the concept of go it. to Nerds and Nostalgia. We did a yeah, Predator commentary Predator tracker. Here, yeah, so, but, I love this film as much. Right. As the, but to me, it's not a horror. No, film. I totally dig it on but that one. But if you want to throw it in there, because Stan Winston's makeup effects in it. Um, no, because because <laughs> Predator would win everything. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. <laughs> Even if he loses, he's still going to blow the place right. up. Goddamn <laughs> predator. Beep, 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 beep. Um, and Street Trash. Street trash. Uh, oh, another dishonorable mention. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Garbage Day. Which so. you need to check out. Uh, Shockwaves recently had uh, the original actor from the first and that guy. <laughs> and had a, Yeah, and he never really comes out. Yeah, it's great. Oh, no. He's, and he kind of loves the fact that Part two has such a cult following because of his acting and his. <laughs> it's 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 a joy to listen to, man. It's so good. It's so good. So yeah, eighty seven, a strong year in horror. Strong yeah. year. But nineteen ninety seven uh, brought us uh, arguably one of one of the best films of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will get to that here in a second. So uh, nineteen ninety seven <laughs> also just another not necessarily a. 
not necessarily a banner year. No, but you could see the tonal shifts of horror happening again. Um, I don't know. This is a whole um, 90s, 97, and a little bit the early 90s. That's more of a um, meta Tongue in cheek era. You have to think then. about, you know, obviously, Scream what came about. The, uh-huh. the late 90s brought us a lot of uh, the found footage. So, and there's some rehashes and sequels on here, but also we put on here some um, very underrated gems, some very uh, good standouts in the um, new type of horror, the new ideas that are bringing out, especially with some of the other ones and later. And like I said, some sequels and some good old fashioned monster movies. Yeah, no, so definitely there's a good representation. Yeah. And again, a lot of stuff that I actually saw in the theater as well, Mm -hmm, which is kind of cool. So starting us off in terms of the what for a lot of people are kind of the next generation of horror films Mm -hmm. in terms of the slashers. The slasher renaissance. Yes, which Mm -hmm. obviously came about from Scream and you know, like any good slasher, you know, you have to have have a sequel. sequel. Yeah. And Scream Two is is starts us off in ninety seven. It's the epitome of what a horror sequel should be when it's because it tells you what it should be. It, it we kicked it off with our sequel at uh, we the did feature, for so. our, yeah our mm-hmm. last Halloween which and it still plays really well mm-hmm. and it was refreshing to watch because it's one of those I hadn't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be interesting to pair it up with another one that really kind of piggybacked off of yeah. the entirety of the Scream, uh, the 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 the, the <laughs> success of it, the teen slasher return the. And 1997 also brought us uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> this movie, <laughs> I this is one of my guilty pleasures. Is it? And yeah. this also spawned a franchise. Yeah, you know, there are quite a few of these. And uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt looking nice. Yes, it definitely features the... <laughs> What you would expect with the slasher film, <laughs> although I will, to its credit, it never had any nudity in no, the films. Did no, 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 it was all like the tease I'm scantily yes. clad. Oh, look at me! Yeah, yeah. Which I think uh-huh. also is very much a '90s thing as well. Uh-huh. So yeah. you kind of veered away from that. But I thought Scream Two and uh, I know what you did last summer would be a really kind of good intro, a good way to start off the '90s, mm-hmm. a decent sequel and a decent. Um, starting one but what definitely what a lot of people think of when it comes to 90s horror because let's mm-hmm. face it and you mentioned the 80s was kind of the, the the peak of horror the 90s definitely there were some some there were some, some hits and misses there, exactly but you know especially when you're dealing with one year it's always good to see yeah. you, you get to see the tonal shifts under a microscope because there is some fantastic horror that came mm-hmm. out in the 90s yes. and uh speaking of our next category here our next yes. matchup this is an interesting one because I thought it would be interesting to give it a little bit of the sci-fi feel, uh-huh. um, which brings about 1997's Cube, mm-hmm. which I was late to the game on Cube. Yeah. It's one of those that I didn't see until probably like 10 years ago. I'm going to make a confession. I have not seen Cube. Oh, wow. Really? Okay, yeah. cool. Cool, cool, cool. This one, yeah. it's a, it's a that's, cool feel. That's going to be the one I have to watch. I own it, but I have not yet seen it. So See, and that's one. It was actually Amy actually introduced that one to me. And I'm just like, how have I, I knew about it, mm-hmm. but I never got around yeah, to seeing it. I, I know it. I know of it. I just have not sat down and seen it. So that's, it'll be well with you. It'll be a fun watch for mm-hmm. you. So whether. But what it's going against, this one I've seen a few times. This one to me is kind of the dark horse of this entire tournament. I mean, you don't have you don't need eyes to see this movie. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Yeah. Yeah. Where you will be going. Yes. No, uh, Event Horizon, mm-hmm. which 
I it is a polarizing film actually. If you look on like I, the internet's really, really, I have never yeah. seen anybody who hasn't seen that and said that movie is great. I have never met anybody who hasn't. Well, I think the people that we usually fraternize with, if you will, oh, that's true. Sarah we do, share similar interests. We know. do run with the similar crowd. Uh, but no, a majority people. of our but, friends do. Uh, Atomic Cotton yeah. had that great uh, <coughs> uh, shirt mm-hmm. that came out with Event Horizon. One of my faves. I mean, really. Yeah. And also in terms of Cube is kind of an ensemble cast, but of unknown people. Mm-hmm. And then Event Horizon. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm telling you, the best double feature would be a... Uh, Event Horizon to the Mouth of Madness. Well, I figure I mean, if we're doing In the Mouth of March Madness right, and here right. with Event Horizon. Yep. But yeah, Cube versus Event Horizon, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's one of those that I think I know the objective one, but eh, we'll see how well, it goes. It we'll could, see how it goes. Because Event Horizon, there, there is a, I've seen people that do not like it. Wow. So I know they exist. So huh. hopefully maybe we'll have some listeners out there that will engage into that. But this one kind of brings us to... Almost the um, the wild card round, if you will, mm-hmm. just in terms of what 97 had to bring us. No, this one has no real uh, rhyme or reason, except they both started with W. Yeah. And, and But this is another case of one starting a franchise and one continuing a franchise. Kind of in the same vein as Scream 2 versus I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, this one is two totally opposite. They really two are. Two totally tonal opposite movies. Um and that's American Werewolf in Paris versus Wishmaster. And I'm going to have to say, I'm not trying to throw any uh, bias or anything, because whatever. But Wishmaster has Buck Flowers in it. The first one does, doesn't it? Oh, and shit. He so does show up in the, uh, the bracket. First one yes. has, the first one has uh, Buck Flowers in it. So... I have to. I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm not saying what or what. I'm just where you might go. You know, but, with that. But yeah. No, I'll agree. And the Wishmaster series, the first two are a lot of fun. After that, three and four, you start going into um, more of a Chris uh, Chris Angel territory. As it turns <laughs> a mind out, free. It really is a mind free. But so we're going with the original. Uh, the original concept, Wishmaster versus a s- interesting sequel. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I saw American Werewolf in Paris in the theater. Me too. And a lot of it was from the draw of Julie Delpy. I have always just uh, before full moon or what after sunset. Yeah, before and after. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's. um, And so I, but I, I tell you, and just not to get into it in terms of you know, obviously it's I don't like it's an inferior sequel. It it couldn't top the the first one. No, but they. Tried. They did try, they tried. and we'll, when we get into our talk of it, I'll go kind of go into where I feel. But right. Wishmaster and American Werewolf in Paris again, interesting films that you kind of give you an idea of the variety of stuff you would get in mm-hmm. ninety, even in ninety seven. Right. Because Wishmaster is definitely more of the more practical effect driven film. Yes. And Werewolf in Paris really kind of gave us some of the first CGI, which yeah, take it as you yeah. will. <laughs> it's the Alien Three curse. And then finishing um, off our fin- last little bit of ninety seven. Finishing off is some good old fashioned monster movies, which we really and I'll let me go through. We don't have a lot of monster uh, movies. No, on we here. really don't. We have demons. We have dream masters. We have. Um, crazy hillbilly rapists, we monsters, vampires. We got all sorts of stuff, but not a lot of monsters. So there, I'm telling you, there needs to be more monster movies. But that 1987 gave us a good little college try with two. Yeah, actually, um, not too bad. Mm-hmm. One in my mind significantly 
better, but they're both a lot of fun. Um, we're talking about Guillermo del Toro's Mimic and versus Relic with Tom Sizemore and Penelope and Miller. Yes, yes. And saw both of these in the theater. Me as well. And uh, there was kind of a magical time, I guess, in the 90s pre-internet where you didn't know what was going on. And the trailers alone, you're like, it's a monster? And also, I think this is, you know, post-high school, right in between real responsibility where you could still go and see a movie a week or Mm -hmm. do things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's where... Why now it is, it's not necessarily more of a hassle to get out, but I kind of miss having that aha moment and that experience Mm -hmm. of sometimes seeing things sight unseen, just based on the fact that it is a monster movie. (laughs) Because entertainment tonight only went so far. (laughs) You You know? They only advertised, you know, the Batman trailer. Right. So you had to like really took a gamble on it. And out of a lot of the movies, especially with monster movies, I think these two both are fun and they're good one is a lot darker than the other well this also kind of was my first introduction to del toro yeah when (laughs) this what struck me about this movie and what i knew when i was in for something special is when he had the audacity to kill the two kids yep that was when i'm like okay the rules are gone if he gives you a stephen king play right then you're like okay i need to be unsettled and this is a guy that is gonna do stuff you know and he did stuff and he did stuff and he does great stuff and then we have uh, relic which is a good time capsule fun monster movie it has all the earmarks of a classic and why it doesn't get as much love as it does it needs to is still a mystery to me yeah it can be hokey the some of the effects is to me it's it's a 97 film that should have come out in 87 yeah which i think is probably some of the problem because it is very bombastic for a monster movie but it's good old school it's fun yeah it's so it's like you said it harkens back to 1987 and it's tom sizemore Mm -hmm. back when he was still kind of the cool character actor (laughs) and <laughs> when he was on Sunny and uh, you know out in the back the backwoods there, but yeah, ninety seven gave us a lot of great films. Mm-hmm. So, what were some of the ones that didn't quite make the list? Okay, um, we have uh, well, one I'm going to go uh, dishonorable mention with uh, Alien Resurrection and Leprechaun Four in space, <laughs> uh, um, barely meeting out and battling against Event Horizon and Q, <laughs> right? <laughs> but honorable mentions, I'm going to go with the oddly disturbing no not oddly disturbing but oddly entertainingly disturbing provocative funny games yes a shot for shot remake of the original uh, scandinavian one Mm -hmm. by the same director this one i saw this movie because i rented it from blockbuster and i thought it was a cool horror movie i thought it was like because it's going to be funny oh boy once again not silencing like funny games oh horror shocking horror i'm like cool then it sounds like it's funny so cool and so like, like, hey, you want to watch a horror movie? It's a comedy. Yeah, sure. Let's watch it. Oh, so, Lord. Okay, cool. Like, this ain't funny. No, it's... This ain't funny at all. And it's also very much an indictment on the viewers. So... Shame. Yes. Shame. <laughs> shame. It's like the, which the is, shame nun should just be Which is, I'm you. glad shame. why it's on the honorable honorable mention and not necessarily mm-hmm. playing into that. Because this movie ain't for everybody. Yeah, Michael Haneke. But it needs to be talked about. Definitely Man. does. Definitely does. It and... Def- then the next one is uh, Devil's Advocate. 
Which, if you listen to our live episode, I would say it is my favorite kind of guilty pleasure horror film of 97, (laughs) which is why I'm glad it's on the honorable mention. It's one of my favorites, man. That is just... Did you ever play a game called Special Places? <laughs> is he or is he not a huge hog beast? Just, it's, I, I love Keanu. I really genuinely love Keanu. Uh, so 97 brought us some great ones. So let's flash forward again to 2007. Mm-hmm. And we've got eight great films from there. And 2007 also gave us some really, really good horror films. Fantastic horror films. I mean... Once again, we're talking about underrated sequels. We're talking about reimaginings. We even have a couple of comic book adaptations in this Mm -hmm. one. We have anthologies. We have found footage. We have all the earmarks. The 2000, say what you will, but the 2000s was a really good year. Yeah, and looking at it, it's really, it's a diverse Mm -hmm. group of films. It's nowhere near 87, but it's by far and away probably more. So with good ones, with 77, 97 combined. And I would also say, just in terms of what's really fun kind of looking at these that are more recent, is to see that, yeah, no, horror still is doing really well. You hear a lot of people always say, oh, it's horror. Horror's played out and all that. You know, with the success of Get Out, more and more people are talking about it. Right. In 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 2007, there was a birth of a new genre. Yeah. I mean, a new subgenre of horror. Um, and so there was a lot of good, good horror movies that came out in so, the 2000s. So what are we starting off with our, our opening bracket here? Okay, so we are going with the one, one an original, <laughs> no, a comic adaptation and a sequel, but we're going by the numbers with 28 Weeks Later versus 30 Days of Night, Vampires versus Rage Virus monsters, not zombies. And we also had a chance. Uh, we screened this as part of our Halloween triple feature 28 weeks later. Another sequel, uh, and which I, like I said it before, I think it's better than the original. So, why well, I love you so much, I kind of side with you on that as no. well. And I believe we're in the minority on that one, but it just packs a punch. No, this that is opening a, scene. This oh. movie still is a gut punch. I've seen it and it still affected me. I mean, people seen it for the first time, like, <gasps> Damn, yeah, that was a gut punch. But then uh, opposite of that, 30 Days of Night. Which is a comic book adaptation and just made a really good vampire where the vampires were mean, fierce, scary beasts. Yeah, they were patient. These were not sparkle vampires. No, 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 no. These were ferocious (laughs) planning scheming vampires and i do just in terms of the premise of it the 30 days of night Mm -hmm. it's why haven't that why hasn't that happened before in terms of a combination in terms of a great concept it's perfect it's a perfect thing and the fact that it's based on a comic book Mm -hmm. is makes it even more wonderful because people like i don't like comic book movies oh but if you like horror you probably should like this one and that spawned a franchise it really so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so those I thought that's a, a good representation to start us off with mm-hmm. in 2007 mm-hmm. but also 2007 gave us some interesting representations in the found footage genre yes once again this is one of those subgenres that is made with the technologies the horror of the modern as age. it evolves yep Mm-hmm. And so it gave us two polar opposite, just in terms of kind of um, just approach and execution. Right. And even uh, opposite with on the other side of the world. We get some international horror, horror yeah. here with Wreck, mm-hmm. which, whoo, yeah, yeah. That's, whoo, this movie was intense. I, I'm going to throw this out there. I dislike found footage immensely. 
I like Wreck. Yeah. I even like the remake Quarantine. I like these movies. These are good found footage because it's shaky cam just when you need the shaky mm-hmm. cam. It just it's just it enough. services the story for the most yes. part, but it doesn't overpower it. Right. And to me, also just in terms of the oh, that last you know for ten minutes of that mm-hmm. movie really works Tense. really well with that. Intense. Um, and then also part of a franchise now. Uh huh. Both of these, in fact. Yeah. And Paranormal Activity, that is a very interesting one because mm-hmm. that one exploded. That is people's it, triggers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm i going to throw it out there. I don't like this movie. I don't like Paranormal Activity. I don't like the whole series. But I understand it's important. Sure. I understand and appreciate and respect it for what it is and what it's brought to the horror game. Hell, even you had George Romero making a found footage zombie movie saying hey let's see if we can put the two together so we had i mean and seriously that because of paranormal activity and blair witch and things like that we have this whole genre Mm -hmm. and it it's made a shit ton of money and it's gonna continue to make a shit ton of money yeah so So. uh wreck and paranormal activity i'm kind of curious what the uh, listeners think on that one Mm -hmm. and of course what would any good horror you know, bracket B, horror conversation B without talks of everyone's favorite holiday. Halloween. Yes. And we get two very interesting. <laughs> yep. And ones that I'm sure would <laughs> yep. really yep. inspire yep. a yep. lot yep. of conversation. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, dipping into our favorite genre, the anthology film, mm-hmm. and matching it up with probably our less favorite genre, the <laughs> remake, because you could almost call it a genre anymore. Uh, but uh, Trick or Treat mm-hmm. versus Halloween. Mm-hmm. Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> both of us are big fans of Trick or Treat. Yes, immense fans. Um, In the regular I'm, rotation. I'm an unabashedly, I, I'm a huge fan of anthologies. I mean, and so you put Trick or Treat, which I think did a really good job of setting itself up. Yeah. Because it doesn't play as a traditional anthology. It, it, right. I think it plays it, more like the like a waxwork, mm-hmm. where they all just kind of interweave really well. It's if Waxworks and Creep Show got together. Yeah. It's really well done. And then you have one that I have gone on record saying that I have not been a fan of. But once again, I respect, because a lot of people love this movie, and like, oh, boo, you fucking suck, you know? Fine, everybody's got their opinion. I love movies you don't. You love movies I don't. That's just how it goes. But I don't like this movie. And you can hear, uh, go back, check out our uh, exhausting conversation with Justin Beam on the Halloween franchise. But again, I respect it. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those I think that ultimately, and we'll get into it a little bit more, uh, but I do think it it is worthy of a rewatch just Mm -hmm. in terms of what he was trying to do. But ultimately, I think the most fascinating thing is with all of Rob Zombie's films, his extra features are always really good. The behind the scenes, like four hour documentary he has is really good Mm -hmm. just in terms of to see what he was up against, what he had to do. He wasn't really wanting to do it initially, so you kind of yeah. understand what was going on. So kind of our little Halloween bracket. Oh, and congratulations to Danielle Harris on the birth of a baby. Ah, bringing so in another little. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Shout out to Danielle. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then we kind of have, this is our little bit of our, another wild card mm-hmm. entry here. Yeah. Because these are two of our favorites, and it was like, well, how do we match them up? Well, yeah. fuck it. We did it this before with some of the others. And I think this is going to be a really wild card one. 
Because again, there's, I there's one I believe is the objectively better film, and then the one that I kind of have a more personal tie mm-hmm. to. Um, one of them that started and expanded a franchise, uh-huh. and the other one an adaptation of a Stephen King short film. Uh, but Wrong Turn to by favorite Joe Lynch mm-hmm. and Frank Darabont's The Mist. Ooh. Which I will, I'll state right now, the black and white version of that. Significantly better. The superior version. That's how you should watch it. And I'm even going to say the same thing with uh, Mad Max. I'm anxious to see that. You see where they might be uh, putting Logan out as a black and white version. Uh, I don't know. It's everyone's uh, going that way. It's know. the black and white. It's the, it's the, fa- <sighs> it's the fancy thing to do. Uh, but this one, just in terms of Wrong Turn 2, mm-hmm. sequel to, uh, I, I enjoyed Wrong Turn. Yeah. It was it was kind of felt like a little late 90s horror, but it went gory. Went But Wrong Turn 2, Joe Lynch's feature film, you know, and this is the thing. Adam Green and Joe Lynch are constantly, they hear people say when they describe them, like fans turned actors, directors, writers, and what have you, and they always kind of get offended by that. But I think ultimately it's because they really are such fans. Mm -hmm. They know more than we do, you know, (laughs) things like that. Um, I can understand them on, you know, seeing that as a bad thing, but I kind of think of it as a badge of honor. But that was what turned me on to Wrong Turn 2. Yeah. And it's it's fun. It's good. It's gory. It's it's practical. (laughs) It's, It's very wrong. There's some gnarly stuff in it. So it's a lot of fun. But, man, then putting that against The Mist... The mist. I when when the author of the original story says he likes the ending yeah. better, then you know you have something. And oh. this is one that snuck up on a lot of people. I didn't know what to expect. I I was half expecting technical porn. You know, I mean, who know with Stephen King? I mean, <laughs> and oh. but what I got was just a visceral gut punch. Just the the just <gasps> that the last five minutes with it just will rip you to shreds. I mean, oh, it's, it's it, definitely controversial because a, of the it's ending. It's a Greek tragedy. Yeah. It really is. I, it didn't help that they had that. Oh, that that means I was like, I, that kind of put it overkill for me. But we'll we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> yep. But no, that wraps up uh, 2007, and that actually wraps up the entirety of the bracket. Yeah. Uh-huh. So and what do we have? Some honorable mentions for 2007. For the honorable mentions, we <clears throat> have uh, teeth. Oh yes, the vaginodentum. Um, we also have the very criminally underrated 1408. Another Stephen King adaptation uh-huh. there. A very criminally underrated. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Um, a franchise uh, spawner, Dead Silence. Never saw it. With James Wan. A very decent movie. Um, and one of my personal favorites, uh, Grindhouse. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. And the only reason why I don't think I would like try and get more up on it is because it's I think I, I think the planet terror is so goofy it knows itself. And the same thing with uh uh Death uh, Death Proof. Death Proof, Death Proof, where he's making an action movie, the car exploitation. So yeah. that's why it's not in the horror bracket. And I, I had a great time, saw it in the theater, saw it as a double feature, yeah. saw the fake trailers. Mm-hmm. Had a, it was really funny because after the first film, half the crowd left. Right. Like, no, there's more. It's like, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was around that time though, that the internet was more prevalent. And so more people were familiar with things, but it's mm-hmm. also interesting just in terms of the theater going experience, how more informed people are yeah. now, just in terms of things like that. So now the question I have, especially for the listeners is I, 
I would, how would you guys like to get involved with this? Um, would you want it to be on a voting basis? Would you like to, you know, fill out your bracket, send it back to us, and then we'll mm-hmm. tally everything up? Yeah, why don't you do that? Well, that, if you want, just um, take a picture of it and put a hashtag. Um, or just, you know, attach it, you know, just add us. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag NJPod, NJMadness, mm-hmm. uh, anything along those lines. Just add us either through Facebook or on Twitter. But I'd love to see yeah. your, the results of these, and we will put these out on Friday when we release the episode that mm-hmm. same day. So, yeah, I can't wait. And then, like I said, we're going to be talking in depth about this. We'll be doing some commentary tracks for some of these films, yes. especially those from 87. Oh, yes. We've already got an Evil Dead 2 under our belt. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, make sure you check it it's out. It's a lot so. of fun. It'll swallow your soul. <laughs> hey, swallow your soul. <laughs> so until next week, gang, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Yeah.